Good morning. Good morning. For anybody who um, I've not met before, I'm Deborah. I'm one of the team here. And um, as Ed has just said, we're, we're finishing off our Celebrating Scripture series this morning. And I've realized that this stand is just a little bit too high. So excuse me again. So over September, we have been, uh, we've been looking at the importance of Scripture uh, and, and the importance of the Bible in our lives. And um, with Tim Dobson, he kicked us off um, by looking at how we can read the Bible well, how, what, how the Bible's structured and what we, what we can get out of it. And Jamie looked at the authority of Scripture um, in our lives. And you can watch up, uh, you can catch up, you can watch any of those talks um, on our website if you miss them. But today we're looking at how we can make time and space for the Bible. And uh, we're going to be particularly thinking about Psalm 119. So I think there's some slides uh, at the moment. So um, the passage uh, that we're going to read, it will appear on the screen in front of you. But if you've got your Bible with you, whether it's a paper or on your phone, um, then why don't you uh, find Psalm 119 and and follow along uh, as well. So I'm going to read. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts. And consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Um, As many as you know, uh, we dropped off our eldest son to university in Sheffield last Sunday. Uh, There he is. Look at him in his new room. And... um, and it's been really interesting over the week and uh, in the preceding sort of few weeks as well, um, as he was preparing to go away, just the conversations that we had, uh, ranging, ranging from why it's really important to heat up your food to a certain temperature so you don't get ill, uh, to how to live with people, with other people, um, full stop, but particularly those who are up till 4am when you've got nine o'clock lectures um, and how not to offend people over email really important things like that and it's been a learning curve it's been a learning curve for all of us and um, he's working out how to do life as an adult Um, he's deciding who he wants to hang out with and how he wants to spend his time and his money he's basically he's 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 wanting to you know work out what he wants to prioritize so that he can thrive um but I think what Isaac is, has been working out on a sort of rather, yeah, detailed scale, highly expanded version, is, is what each of us do each and every day. We, the small choices that we make uh, to decide how we can live our lives so that we can thrive, so that we can be happy and healthy and right with God and others. And the first verse of this passage 
is asking exactly that same question. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? How can we live right lives? How can we do life well? How, how do we thrive? And this passage is, is specifically aimed at young people. If you consider yourself a young person this morning, then this one is particularly helpful uh, for you. And it's probably fairly relevant as you're starting the academic year and trying to work out how to sort of fit everything in in new routines to, to life. But I think it's just as relevant to all the rest of us who wouldn't consider ourselves young people anymore. Um, of how we can live each day well. So the passage goes on to immediately answer the psalmist's own question. It says, a young person can stay on the path of purity by living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. So living according to your word. But to live according to God's word, we've, that's the Bible. We, we have to actually read it. We have to know what it says. I was speaking to another teenager this week who started reading the Bible every day um, from the start of the year. And he said that it's really helped him to live more like Jesus as, as, because he, he can see the world the way that Jesus sees it. Rick Warren, uh, who is the author of um, The Purpose Driven Life, says this. He says, reading the Bible generates life. It produces change. It heals hurts. It builds character. It transforms circumstances. It imparts joy. It overcomes adversity. It defeats temptation. It infuses hope. It releases power and it cleanses the mind. We want those things, don't we? We want all of those things. And that is what reading the Bible can do for us. But... But let's be honest, sometimes it can be a bit hard work. It can, it can, it's quite a hard book to understand sometimes. It, it doesn't have any pictures and there's no videos. And in our 21st century world, that can be a bit off-putting. Some of the books in the Bible are a little bit, a bit like stories and there's characters and we can really get into it and we can sort of cheer them on or boo them off um, but bits of it can feel a little bit more like a school textbook um, and a little bit more hard going. You know, I know that there have been times in my life when Bible, my Bible reading habits have been uh, sporadic at best and non-existent uh, at other times. You know, I remember a time just a few years back when I was just feeling really overstretched and overburdened and I just called out to God and and I um I hear, heard him speak to me really clearly and he said you're trying to run this race uh with uh, with not enough food not enough water and not enough rest what he was saying basically was I was trying to do life with a lack of prayer a lack of the Holy Spirit and a lack of being fed on the Bible. And it really, that really impacted me and it changed the way that I approached the Bible. 
thankfully for the last few years, I've, I've managed to sort of have a much more consistent Bible routine. And I know the difference, the absolute difference that it's made to my life. To have that regular resetting of my mind from hearing God's message to me rather than just what the world is saying. To have that regular reminder of who God is and how he sees me. It's just life-changing. It's why I'm just really passionate about everybody really getting into those, those Bible routines. Um, because I want that for everybody else. I want everybody to know, to, to know that life-changing, that transformation that the Bible can have. You know, to feed our bodies, we have regular routines um, for eating food, don't we? We, we get up, we eat breakfast. At midday, we eat uh, lunch, and then uh, at some point early evening, we'll either eat tea, dinner, or supper, depending on how posh we are. Um, we have those regular routines. But Jesus says in Matthew 4, verse 4, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Bible is God's word, and, they, and it, it feeds our soul. Without reading the Bible regularly, then we're going to be spiritually hungry, and we're going to lack energy to live a, a godly life. So how do we put in place routines that can help, us, uh, help feed us and to keep us healthy spiritually? So I'd say the first thing is to start small, one small step at a time. Um, there was a time when I realized uh, that when I skipped the Bible each day, on a, a particular day, then it made it easier to, to not really bother the next day and the next day and the next day. It was sort of like a little domino effect and and it, it got it harder and harder to start again because my belief that I could keep going got less and less each time so I decided I would create a habit of reading just one verse of the bible every day just one verse I wouldn't go to sleep without reading at least one verse of the bible if I read more than one verse then it was a bonus. But I would just read one verse, and it was a win. I, I had succeeded. And um, it was really easy. <laughs> as, as you would imagine, it's really easy to read one verse of the Bible every day. And so I, it created a, a habit. I suddenly became the per, a person who read their Bible every day. It was great. Um, but that also then provided me with a, a habit, a habit that I could grow and a routine that I could grow just little by little. Now, it turns out latest research um, apparently shows that this is a really effective way to build habits. There's loads of books sold, millions of books sold about, um, about creating habits by just starting like really small each day. If I'd known, I could have written a book. I could have made millions. Uh, but instead, I've got a Bible reading routine. Secondly, I think we need help 
reading and understanding the Bible. I don't know whether you've ever sort of picked it up and read passages and thought, I have no idea what that is about. I have no idea what that says. That They're sort of familiar words, but they don't make sense all put together. You know, we need help to understand the Bible. And it can be so easy just to go through the motions. Oh, well, we've read, we've read a passage, a particular familiar passages. We've done our Bible reading, tick, and then we move on. But to really get something out of it, then we often need help. But thankfully, there are so many resources available to us. There's the Bible app Hopefully, everyone's familiar with the Bible app. We used it when we were doing D groups um, this year. And there's something for everyone in the Bible app. It's an app on your phone, um, and there's just reading plans with a little bit of uh, extra devotional text just to help you get the most out of it. There's short ones, there's long ones, there's video ones, there's audio ones, there's topic-based ones. There's a huge variety. If you've not checked out the Bible app, then do, uh, do, do. Um, There's also classic paper Bible studies. Oh, I've not seen one of those for a while. Um, But there's lots out there. And of course, there's the uh, HGB Bible in One Year app as well. And you can can access on the on the computer or on on your phone, um, and it's it's brilliant. Uh, classic Youth and Express versions are available, and it really helps you to read through the whole Bible in one year. I remember, though, lots of times when I've done my Bible study, and I'd feel a little bit disappointed. I'd feel like, oh, I didn't really learn much in that. I didn't really learn much in that Bible study. But I've realized that reading the Bible isn't mainly about what we learn. It's not about the knowledge that we gain. It's about who we'll meet. As we read the Bible each day, we have the opportunity to meet Jesus, the living God who gave us his life and, um, and gives us life, the one in whom we find all truth. And when I lose motivation for, for reading the Bible, when I get distracted by other things, it's, it's usually because I've forgotten who I'm aiming to meet when I pick up my Bible. So when, we, when we're looking for studies, when we're choosing studies, then look for ones that will draw you, draw you closer to God. Not just increase your knowledge about him, but draw you closer to him and help you encounter Jesus. I think the Bible in one year is, is, is a brilliant one for that. So I do recommend that. But when we're making time and space for scripture in our lives, there's so much more richness in God's word that we can't just access from reading just a few verses each morning. Verse 11 um, says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And the next in verse 13, it says, With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. These verses are encouraging us to memorize scripture, to learn it. 
the psalmist draws a direct um, link between uh, being equipped to live a godly life and memorizing scripture. We see in the New Testament that, that Jesus um, had memorized scripture that he used to, to um, fight the enemy, fight the devil in, in, the, in, the, tempta- in, devil in uh, the, the desert when he was trying to be tempted. And I know that memorizing scripture is really important to help transform our minds and equip us for sharing the good news about Jesus with others. The problem is I've got a terrible memory. I've got a really terrible memory when it comes to memorizing text. That's why I need notes when I'm speaking to everybody. Um, I just can't, I just can't do it. I will read it over and over and it goes one in here and it goes out the other and it just doesn't stick. And um, I can know, I can think I know it really well. And then as soon as I am put on the spot and I have to repeat it, then my mind just goes blank. I know that memorizing scripture is really important. It's a really great idea. But I decided years ago that it's just not for me. I just can't do it. After many failed attempts, it just wasn't for me. But I have a friend who has memorized and repeats countless scriptures. It's so helpful to her when she, you know, when she's responding to a friend who's in trouble or knowing what to pray or just having something wise to say in a in a, a difficult conversation. Aren't, she inspired me. I got inspired early this year and concluded, even though I'm never going to do it well, I'm never going to memorize scripture well, it's better to do it badly than not at all. Okay, so I have started to memorize scripture again. Do not test me, please, because my mind will just go blank. Um, I, but I've started to memorize scripture. I'm still really bad at it. It rarely rolls off my tongue, but um, I have more verses mem- memorized than I used to have. So that is great. That's a win. And but what I've, I've discovered is um, even though I've got, not got loads of passages memorized, actually the process, the learning process is, is a real benefit so I've tried to memorize scriptures over and over. Um, I found myself meditating on scripture, each time thinking about them a little more deeply and understanding them a little bit more. And verse 14 goes on to say, I rejoice in following your statutes, so one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. Now, the word meditate can bring bring to sort of mind lots of far eastern connotations. You know, in a in a secular sense, meditation is associated with emptying the mind and relaxing the body. But in a in a Christian sense, meditating on the word of God is about thinking deeply on God's word, using it as a prompt to pray or to praise God. Rick Warren, again, uh, my favorite uh, person this morning. Um, if you know how to worry, you already know how to meditate, he says. He explains it further. He says, when you think about a problem over and over in your mind, that's called worry. When you think about God's word over and over in your mind, that's meditation. It's the same process. You know, I'm pretty sure all of us here know how to worry. 
You know, we know what it's like keeping coming back to the same problem over and again, thinking about it from different angles, usually in the middle of the night. Um, when we use that same process to think about a verse from the Bible, then that's actually meditation. It can be a powerful antidote to worry. When that worrying thought comes into our mind, instead of worrying about it, we can choose to meditate on a promise that God has given instead. I know that Rob Scott Cook uh, takes one phrase from his uh, Bible reading, reading each day, and he writes it on a tiny little sticker. He's got these like minute little stickers. He writes with very small handwriting, and then he sticks them over the face of his watch in the middle. And every time he looks at his watch uh, to see the time during the day, that it, he'll be reminded of that verse and it reminds him, it prompts him to meditate on the scripture again. You know, these routines, these habits, these prompts are, are just so important to help us get scripture inside of us, to get scripture inside of us, to see it changing us. But finally, I just want to highlight just a few of the many opportunities in our city to really study the Bible deeply as well, to understand it more. I know um, every month on a Sunday evening at our Woodlands Central Congregation, there's, uh, there's Woodlands Bible School um, coming up, I think, on the uh, in October, um, and we'll we'll often advertise that. But do just yeah, just bear that in mind. We've got got lots of uh, really gifted theologians who who speak uh, into sort of really in depth topics on on that, those evenings. Woodland Central is also a hub for the Westminster Theological College, um, and there's courses running on a Monday evening throughout the year. Um, there. We've got Trinity College just up the road who do uh, run courses um, for, for local people as well as uh, their Anglican ministers. Um, and Muller's runs a brilliant year-long, really accessible theology course that loads of people part of Highgrove have been part of over the years. If you want to know any more about any of those ways to really sort of go a bit deeper, to study scripture a little bit more, then just come and have a chat with me and I can point you in the right direction. But one of the most important things we can do to help us make time and space for God's word is, is to join with others. You know, we aren't designed to do this alone. God gave us church so that we can help and encourage one another. It's why midweek small groups are just vital for our health as followers of Jesus. So we can be encouraged and inspire one another. It's why we've done, um, been doing D groups this year, where we've been committing to reading the Bible each day alongside others for a, a, a period, and then sharing our thoughts and reflections um, so that we can learn from one another. We'll do another D group uh, sort of around Advent time. Uh, but you don't need to wait until December to uh, commit to reading the Bible regularly with, with other people. Maybe this October time, um, where Sundays are a little less, um, yeah, a bit more flexible, is a, a perfect opportunity, perfect time for you to meet up with, with someone and, and commit to reading the Bible with them.
But as I finish, I just want us to take a moment to respond to what we've been talking about today. Verse 16 uh, ends with, with a commitment. I will not neglect your word. I will not neglect your word. You know, hopefully that verse inspires you and challenges you. It gets, yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. But maybe, maybe that this morning, that verse sort of fills you with a sense of condemnation, a sense of, oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not, I've, I have been neglecting God's word. And you feel a heaviness about that. So I just want to pray. I want, to, I want us to all to pray. And I, I pray particularly for, for those who feel, oh, I need some help with this. I need, I need to make a fresh start. So let's just pray for a moment. Thank you, Lord, that your word brings life and truth and sustenance to our spirits. I just pray for anybody here who feels like they, they are neglecting God's word. I thank you that there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you that instead you extend an invitation an invitation to come to you and find rest, to be nourished and built up. Pray, Lord, for a new sense of hope, sense of expectancy, that when we pick up our Bibles, that we will encounter you, Jesus. Amen.